I'm going to do my obligatory take a photo of the pet before we start. That's fine. Uh, you are aware that we can't uh, put a photo of the pet in the podcast. <laughs> I can beam it right into our viewers' minds. They can just imagine what Ghost looks like. Yeah, he so... looks very nice at the moment because he had groovers yesterday. He did. Mm-hmm. What a nice, nice neat coat and he smells nice as well. He just drops his uh, dinosaur toy in between us. Um, and that's why he looks like he's like, Dad, Mom, throw it, Dad. Give it back. Christy, lie down, please, now. Lie down. I'm looking at you going, I ain't going to do any of that. I'm looking at Ash going, I want you to keep playing with me for the entirety of the podcast. Right, should we introduce the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Small Button Podcast with me, Hannah. I'm Finn. And I'm Denise. You're not Denise. (laughs) I can be Denise. He can be Denise if he wants to be. Yes, I'm 42 years old and a single mum of two with benefits from Brighton. You are not <laughs> any of those things. And I'm joined by my husband, my co-content creator, and he's also here, Ash. <laughs> Formerly Denise. <laughs> Formerly Denise, but now Ash. And today's theme is how impact... How impact? Let me start that again. How impacts have gamed us <laughs> over the years? How impact have gamed us is the theme of today's episode. <laughs> how games can impact Please. you? Please, can that be the title for this episode? <laughs> I'll keep it in. <laughs> how impacts have gamed us. <laughs> if I can get my words in the correct order, yeah. it is how... Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> how has gaming impact us? There we are. <laughs> Yeah, I think that games are, have impacted people in a lot of different ways. Um, obviously, we're going to that in more detail very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me, it was it started off as a kind of escapism thing because I think video games was kind of like an escape from when I was being a child or like that. I was bullied, I was bullied a lot as a child, and I think yeah. games gave me that kind of like escapism to kind of like disappear basically yeah. into my own imagination. Um, and as it's grown, um, I think it's gone more into like a social inclusion type thing. So more of my friends have um, gone into video games and I've continued to do that as kind of more of like a keeping up with my friends and mm. um, something that we can both share. Yeah. And nowadays it's more kind of like a, um, entertainment and escapism really. Mm-hmm. That's a quick overview. What so- about you, Ash? So first, I want to address the age-old elephant in the room. What do you call me? So, first elephant is that video games don't cause people to be violent. You I know, mean, that could be a separate podcast all on itself. Yeah, I just I want to address the thing straight the way that you know I love games like Call of Duty and God of War and like, but never once have I thought, yeah, let's join the army and shoot people like. I honestly think that if you're the sort of person that does that sort of thing, then there's obviously something wrong with you before video games ever got involved. So that's my two cents on that. Escapism definitely would be a word to define how I would treat gaming. Like you said, communal, yes, but growing up, I only really was bothered about playing games with like one friend. Um, I was much more of a solo pl- I prefer solo player games to be honest anyway you hear that um, game companies it's not all about co multiplayer I actually mm. prefer single player experiences yeah but also like if you're doing co-op first thing bring back local co-op like being online yeah. is great but sometimes my mates are in the room with me and funnily enough they've not bought their PS5 and a spare TV right like, yeah 
And also, give us Crash Bash. I don't know who released <laughs> I don't know who released the current Crash game, but you should be ashamed. We did not ask for it. We did not want it. You know what the fans want. You can see yourself out the door. <sighs> Rant over. Anna, what about you? What about me? Okay. Um, I can definitely relate to the sort of um, bullying and escapism. But uh, for me, it was also about... Um, so, like, during um, my years at school, I uh, dyslexic, autistic... Um, struggled a lot with uh, keeping up with work and things. So I yeah. often felt very useless. And it was also people, like the school system wasn't that good at dealing with it back then. Yeah, definitely you know, the, definitely that. Yeah. We're very behind the times. Um, and it was kind of seen as like, oh, you're not you're not paying attention to school. Um, that's your fault. Not anything else might be underlining um, that in the future. My yeah. sister will probably better speak more. She's a teacher herself, but um it, i definitely agree with you like back in the day it wasn't like commonplace to know a lot about these things yeah exactly so um i was being sort of young child feeling completely useless i found that gaming was something that i was actually good at and that gave me yeah. a bit of I'm trying to think what the right word is for it um uh, reward. reward you felt like you did something good validated validated that's the word yeah, uh, video games generally made me feel, feel validated, and also I was quite a lonely child, so it was sort of like, I don't know. It's going to be, sound a bit sad, but it was almost like having sort of fictional friends. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I think as well, it's kind of like gaming can also help with like other things, like not so much escapism, but um, social inclusion. Kind of a, a, a similar to that, like um, finding out your own sexuality as well. That's also kind of part of gaming as well. There are certain game characters where um i know that i had some kind of attraction to them and that was before i figured out that i was gay um going back to the second episode we ever did um i think it helps with that sort of thing as well like working out who you are as a person you can kind of role play that through video games oh definitely i think um i did find a lot of myself in video games it's good for introspection yes definitely and sort of exploring creativity and um all that sort of thing um as far as sexuality is concerned uh, funny enough, uh, games were how I figured out that I was demisexual because I, I worked out I was feeling physical attraction towards um, fictional characters such as in video games, but not feeling it towards real people. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And forgive me if I'm wrong. Is demisexual that you get the feelings for the person based on the personality, that sort of thing, first, regardless of what gender they may be? I thought that was pansexual. That's pan. Yeah, uh, That's demi. Demisexual is is basically on the asexual spectrum, so I only, oh, okay. only feel sexual attraction after I formed a strong emotional bond with someone. Okay. Like before, no, see, I, I I find that like sexuality, gender sort of thing, very very interesting. I think that if anything, I think that's what people should aspire to be, just because I think that's the way it should be. Well, it it that does make me feel very validated. Thank you. No worries. Like I said, I wish I was. I wasn't such a slut, but unfortunately, I am. <laughs> Let's go back on to talk about video games. Obviously, after you started with video games, how do you think it develops? How do you look at video games? I think video games are going in a complete wrong direction. Complete wrong direction. I feel a lot of people will follow you on that. I think because we seem to be basing so much on like the physical thing of, oh, you know, graphics and realism and blah blah, blah that we're you're doing that at the cost of good narrative. Like, I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 currently, 
And if you don't read all the books within the actual game, you won't get the lore. And to me, if you can't do exposition through good narrative, you have failed as a video game. If I want to read, I will buy a book. And that's not, that's not just a video game thing. That's like a media thing. Like, there are films that have the same thing. Where, like they don't explain what's going on, which can either make them an art house movie, in which case amazing, get all the awards, or it could be a we don't generally know what the story is talking about, mm. therefore everyone hates it. No, but like you look at PS One, like JRPGs, for example, like Star Ocean, like that. The second game, which was one of my favourites, was like 120 hours long on one disc. Mm-hmm. You know, and the law was in the game, you know, whereas now you have to buy, you know, like we're doing the Final Fantasy VII remake, which everyone's predicting is going to be at least three discs, potentially even four. Are we sacrificing good story for the state of, you know, oh, doesn't this look pretty? It's, a, it's an interesting question, but because um, I'm someone who focuses, you know, mostly on sort of retro and uh, indie games, if I can play anything modern, to be honest. The thing that always confuses me with games in that regard is um, video games are the ultimate medium for show, don't tell. You can explain yes. a lot about your game through gameplay. You don't need to have so much exposition. Yes. And I think it's a lot more, you know, much more engaging story if you can do it via the gameplay. That's when, like, when I hear that video games have got like 45 minute cutscenes, I'm like, just make a film. Just yeah, make, just a make a film series. at that point. Like, I don't want to be sat watching a cutscene for more than, what, five minutes? I'm like, I want to be doing that cutscene rather than waiting for it to load something. Like, I don't find that an, an, an interesting part of a game. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Sort of an odd example, I guess, but um, being a huge Sonic fan, I'll um, mention it. Like, it Everyone cross off Sonic on your bingo card. Sonic. Hannah has mentioned Sonic. Hannah has mentioned <laughs> Sonic today. All right, so <laughs> in Sonic Adventure 2, so, so that was the introduction to Shadow the Hedgehog, that game. And rather than have like a huge exposition dump in their cutscene, we're introduced like in a quick cutscene, the shadow, lovely jubbly. But yep. all the things you need to know about that character is explained to the player during the first level. Uh, it literally doesn't add anything to his character whatsoever, having him introduced again. Well, no, I mean, um, okay, so I think his first level was Radical Highway, brilliant level. But uh, everything about the setting, the music for that level, the mission that Shadow is on, it just explains everything you need about the character. You know, he's cool, he's fast, you know, he's sort of a bit, um, I don't want to use the word, I think that's edgy. He's like an edgelord Sonic. Yeah, he's he's my edgy hedgy. Edgy hedgy, love it, go with that. (laughs) Yep. But you, you experience you experience being Shadow going on this mission to go and steal the Chaos Emerald, which Sonic gets blamed for, you know, he looks nothing like Shadow. Yeah. Uh, rather than just show us in the cutscene that Shadow's gone ahead and uh, you know stolen the Chaos Emerald has been a bit of edgy hedgy in the process. I love edgy hedge. That's God, I'm going to call him now forever. Edgy Shadow hedgy. is now edgy hedge. You can call him an edgy hedge or an edgy hedgy. <laughs> I mentioned Shadow the Hedgehog last uh, episode as well. Like, um, it, One of the first video games that I owned when I had the PS2, uh, it was Shadow the Hedgehog, Simpsons Sit and Run and Buzz the Music Quiz. And Shadow of the Hedgehog, I loved. At the time, it was amazing. But looking back on it, it's a little bit on the cheesy side. But I love the fact that they brought out Sonic with a gun. Is It seems now such a random, like, faraway concept. But back then, it was like, oh, yeah, of course it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Why wouldn't he? Because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is just natural, like, progression on the, on the series. 
but yeah, I love the game, but it, it, it did seem a bit kind of out of left field that they're giving Shadow, Sonic even, a gun. Yeah, totally, but it, I, I still enjoy it. It's sort of fun for its day. Yeah. I'm not saying the game's bad, I'm just saying it's, yeah. <laughs> also, to go back to my thing of like where games are going wrong as well, like I'm also, in regards to especially modern gaming, there's two things I'm sick of, especially. And the first is release dates, bugs. Like, it's Games a game. that aren't. Finished. Yeah, it, you've had all this time to work on it. If it's not ready, delay it. People will be pissed, but I would rather wait for a game that is finished than a game that isn't, that cannot be played. And I totally agree. It's like, release game yeah. now, patch later. Yeah. You know. Send it back to you later. And in regards to that as well, if it adds to the narrative, or no, if if you've got the full narrative and it's additional, fair enough, but I'm getting tired of gamings as well, having DLCs as part of the main thing. Like, I bought the game for the game. If you're going to release extra stuff with the game, great, but don't specifically miss stuff in the game so you can sell it to me further down the line. You know, and let's face it, games as well, like, I remember buying Final Fantasy IX brand new for 30 quid. Like, you know, a game now, I was in town earlier on, and I was like, oh, I want to get that, and I was like, oh, it's 62 quid. Well, I'm not getting that this paycheck. Like, I'm just thinking, for f***'s sake, like, it's getting more and more costly, you know. I, I can't speak for, like, back in the day. I think Hannah might be able to speak about this. But didn't games used to be that expensive... Um, when they first came out, like 60, 70 quid. They um, were indeed. In the 90s. Yeah, they, they, they were. Yeah, and they've got cheaper as it's gone on, and then they've come back again. Pretty much. I don't know why that is, but I remember it, it being expensive like it is now, and then as it gone until like PS2 generation, it was relatively affordable, like 40, 50 quid a game. And that's gone back up to the model of 6070. Yeah, and it also depends if you're buying a triple A title, a low budget title, indie title, etc. And you're buying it digitally or physically as well. Yes, that can impact uh, it as well. I personally don't buy triple A games, which are the ones that tend to be the sort of 60 pounds, 70 pound ones. I'll only really buy a triple A game if I'm already invested in the series, if I've already played part of it. I'm not gonna go out and pick up a Call of Duty um, or a FIFA game because it's triple A. It's like, I've got no interest in those fields, so I wouldn't pick that up. But on the other hand as well, I kind of have that kind of underdog syndrome. like, I don't want to go for the popular games that are all shiny, shiny. I want to go for the underdog games that people don't really play that often. I'm speaking just recently, I know it's not retro game, it's a, it's a modern game, but I bought Two Point Campus today, which is technically, is it a remake of an older version of Two Point Campus? Mm-mm. Uh, or is it just a so no, so Two Point Hospital was made by the same people that made Theme Hospital. Okay. So it's just a, an homage to the original. Right. Okay. So, just so I, th- I think that was like Theme. U- I think there was like Theme University or something back in the day. So I bought that, knowing it's not a popular game because it wasn't very. It wasn't. Fr- I didn't see any marketing for it whatsoever. There's literally no marketing at all for it. But I bought it on a whim. The day and I'm really enjoying it, but I do like the fact that there are those games like those hidden gems that you can pick up and be like this has probably not got any marketing whatsoever. The 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 um, publisher that made the game is probably out of business now, but the 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 game quality. I'm trying to words in the oh right God, order. I'm the same thing Hannah had earlier on. Um, 
the quality of the game is far surpassing like games that are much more expensive in their same bracket. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. Um, it's like, yeah, just looking at my PS4 menu, I've got uh, typically Sonic Origins. Why wouldn't that be there? But uh, the other games are um, uh, Psychonauts 2 and Kanoa. So, like, I've not so... played Psychonauts, but I've heard a lot of good things about Psychonauts. I've seen clips of it. It is a cult classic. It. it is. Uh, Psychonauts <laughs> 2 is better than the first one. Like, they managed to take the basic foundation and build upon it. Mm. Is that the one that had like a really long gap scene installments as well? Yes. Yeah, fans were shocked when two was announced because we were like, it's been like 20 years. Like, where the f did that come from? Normally, yeah. when there's like a gap between things, it, it means that whatever they produce is going to be. But I'm happy that it wasn't and they actually were faithful to the original. I might talk about it in a bit actually because it has left a bit of an impact. Uh, just okay. like theming and things. But uh, Should a little memory. Just while um, it's on my mind, uh, you mentioned Theme Hospital and stuff like that. Uh, I just realised that Ash should be very proud of me what I made of one of those sort of games. Oh, yeah? Right, so uh, have you ever played Theme Park on the PS1? I yeah. have, loved it. Yeah, I, I made a giant uh, phallic object in it. <laughs> proud. <laughs> I I, um, I made it to, with like a, what was it, the water slide thing and called it Hannah's Slippery Willy. <laughs> the uh, one but, time that we uh, we played Minecraft together, I asked him to teach me to make golden cock and balls, and he wouldn't do it. No, there are so many other things you can build in Minecraft. I want so, that game is cock got, and balls. That game has got the only limit, only limit in that game is your own imagination, and I am not wasting it to build a giant golden cock and balls. You need well, the right motivation. That's, yeah, I did. That's what I wanted to create, and he shot me down, so I never played it again. You can do it yourself. You stifled my creativity. You should you do it yourself. You don't need my help with that. Uh, to be totally honest with you, the reason why I made the giant phallic object in my game was because um, Tom was playing it before me, and uh, he used the last of the money and accidentally made a, I think it was a roller coaster in the shape of a phallic object. Pure accident. <laughs> but he ran out of money before he could open it to the public. I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove that I have a bigger one than Tom. <laughs> and the public will have a go on it. Yes. I'm some sure bushes. they loved every inch. Oh, I'm sure they did. object was very, very popular with the public. Oh, it was. So put some bushes around it and some droplets. But yeah, look at, like I said, look at Theme Park, you know. Not I a, love not a massively so great-known game. A, a cool classic. The thing was there. The gameplay I mean, was fairly basic, you know, like... It was just create your own theme park, but... We need to come up with a list of games that, like, I ruined the disc playing this so many times. Like, theme park would have been one of those games I was like, I played this game to death. Um, I've got a game like that. Go uh, on. Uh, my copy of Spyro 1 for the PS1 has uh, got a big crack down it, from where it's literally been played to death. There you go, played to death. We need to do a... We need, I think this is probably an idea for a future one, but we need to do a podcast which is just on games we played to death. That's a good idea. <laughs> I've got a few. What I liked about those certain games is like it's the escapism, um with like games like GTA San Andreas, Shadow of the Hedgehog, that sort of thing. It's the um you can go about the same mission or different missions in a different order or approach them in different ways. I did like that kind of replayability. I know technically it's the same missions over and over again for those games, but the way you could approach it in different ways is very appealing to me. It made it more immersive. Oh yeah, totally, I can get that. I also like just getting really good at a game like that. <laughs> yeah, just just literally becoming the lord of that game, and yes. then like I am better than you, so you know what else? Mm. I got that with um, <clears throat> this is such a sad rag for me to to come up with, but mm. 
I got to a point with Buzz the Music Quiz that I knew the questions before the questions... I knew the answers to the questions before they'd finish to the point where my sister would stop playing with me because she's like, there's no point you're going to win. There's literally no point. You know the answers before they're going to come through. And I'm like, yeah. That's a flex. <laughs> and that's a sad flex, but it's a flex anyway. It's okay. I a rank Shad the Hedgehog, and that's my flex. For me, mine was FF9, but I can't flex that I completed it properly because there was one thing I could never do. Jump rope. Yeah, could never do rope. it. Jump oh, rope a thousand you? times. No, couldn't do it. You're a noob, Ash. <laughs> Filthy casual. People have created these things now where you hook them up to your PC and the PC links to the PS4 and it's like created an algorithm where it'll jump for you. Like that's, that is basically a cheat. Yeah. That is like, cheating. I just, yeah. But no, oh, hand on heart, I never once... I managed to get skipped to my loo, which was 10. I got to a couple of hundred. Could I get to a thousand? No. Yeah, the amount of dedication you have to put into that one thing. Yeah. And it was right at the beginning of the game as well. <laughs> so if you were going to do it, you had to do it then. <laughs> Such a sad story. I think mm. I definitely want to do something in the future where we do a Game Shredders podcast, which is basically just games we played to death and the reasons why we did it. I thought that's a good idea. But yeah, that, that was another thing as well. Like, once you get engrossed in a story, that's something that can keep you hooked for a long time. Like Mass Effect, that was the one that I played forever. I still haven't finished three yet. I started three, got stuck, and then never played it again. But I played the first two, and I loved Mass Effect the story. Then again, that's what everyone mentions whenever you mention Mass Effect, is that the story's great. Apart from three. Good old um, right. But yeah, I, I love Mass Effect. It's like making your own stories as well is a very powerful thing. Like, I wanted for ages, I wanted a GTA clone that you can make your own character, you can make your own NPCs, and have a story related to those NPCs in a random world the game picks. So basically I wanted a god simulator but with GTA. <laughs> That's but I a think bad idea. but I think um, yeah. it's like obviously we've mentioned sort of escapism and things like that, but I think nowadays gaming for me it's more of a connection thing. So obviously yeah. I found going online, I'm not the only person obsessed about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so obviously online communities have found that other people are huge fan of games, other people also obsessing over the same thing as me, like um, I've always been interested in, you know, glitches, exploits, and the rest of it. Some people uh, want to customise a game with mods, some people do it with glitches and trying to um, mm. exploit that to kind of get their own enjoyment out of the game as well. One of our friends is very, very adept with that on Twitch at the moment. Um, Nathan, hi, I'm looking at you. He's not listening. Oh, you might Thanks. do. <laughs> um... You're going to comment under this podcast going, I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here and even I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> but to get back to the original point, it's like what you get out of the game as well. It's not like necessarily what the publisher or what the developer has put there for you, it's what you get out of it itself. Yeah, obviously the grace of the games is that like with challenge runs, it totally changes. I recently watched someone do like a pacifism um, no save run on Fallout 4. So he went through the whole of Fallout as far as he could without killing. Yeah, but it was without killing anyone and like no save. So once he died, his character was gone. Oh, I thought I thought I read that not pacifist. Sorry, I thought you read that as a um, no dying run. No, no, (laughs) much more difficult. But it completely changed the game's medium. Yeah. Because it came just about pure survival, not fighting survival. That's more of a new thing, though, I think. Obviously, speedruns have been 
I've been there since the dawn of time, but Ninja Challenge Runs are a new thing. I don't understand the joy of speedrun. I don't get. I get like the praise of like I completed it the quickest. I understand that, but I just don't understand the joy I, of speedrunning. I get annoyed with you when we're when we're co-op in game and you're pushing through because you played the game before and I've not played it before. I'm like, slow down! I want to enjoy the game. <laughs> I want to be immersed. You're like going, come on, we got to go. We got to get the boss. I'm like. Slow down! <laughs> I, don't, I quite enjoy watching speedruns because speedruns are games played to their absolute perfection. All the glitches and exploits they can ever want to watch. It's fascinating to me. I think um, the way people kind of like manage to save a lot of time in games with speedruns, that sort of thing, that's interesting as well. Like, okay, so if you go to this, if you go left instead of right, you end up skipping out this entire boss thing, which means that you've got like 15 minutes of the game has been cut out of the game for you. So it's like, get to the end quicker. It's like, it's great. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite things is when, um, I think you can do it in Final Fantasy VI, is basically if you make the game corrupt itself, it just goes to the credits. <laughs> so essentially, the game's just <laughs> itself. So it's just I've ended. seen a glitch on Spyro 3 where you can get to the final boss on the first, the first home world. Is it the head bash? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Enter the Dragonfly. We don't talk I about I get that my Spyro titles mixed up after one. Uh, after, no, after one and two, I get my titles mixed up. After Ripto's Rage, I get them all mixed up. I it's think okay. Ripto is called a different thing in America. No, no, no we, Ours was Ripto's Rage. Yeah. In America, it was called Gateway to Glimmer. Other way uh, round. Was it? Yes. Hannah just schooled you. Sorry, go on. <laughs> It's, it's Gateway to Glimmer and Power Regions, Ripto's Rage in North America. Oh, okay. But I swear, the game the, the game I played, the Spirit I played, was Ripto's Rage. That's because you're playing on the Reignited Trilogy. Possibly. <laughs> That's 100% why. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And actually, funnily enough, details of that have also been one of the things I've enjoyed about online communities is I've always been someone who's interested in gaming secrets. You know, and it's it's nice that online everyone can document sort of like quotations or sort of secrets. Obviously, it's not really secrets anymore, but um, I'm trying to think of like Easter eggs and stuff like that. Or yeah. Like skips and stuff. Skips, Easter eggs. Um, it was interesting seeing that, you know, has someone else come across this thing I found in a video game? Oh, how about this? I can share this with my friends. I definitely attested that as well with regards to Easter eggs. Like, when I first played San Andreas, like, I was like, <laughs> that rock looks like a penis. That's all I noticed when I was going through it. I didn't recognise any of the other references until I went back through it and I was like, oh, hang on a minute, there's a sign on top of Gant Bridge. Why is there a sign on top of Gant, Gr- Gant Bridge? Um, and then you get all the other um, Easter eggs in that game as well. Uh, like, the, the hidden objects you get in Vice City are actually on a uh, Hawaiian themed shop in mm. the Ballas territory. I know on like GTA 5 everyone's still looking for the jetpack. No, it the jet has pack, something. The jetpack exists in 5 now I think. They I thought it. it had something to do with aliens or something or... It probably did but um, I think they've released it as an online thing. Uh, or oh, people can mod it in I think as well. But yeah Easter eggs has become a big thing as well because I think back in the day they were very kind of like they were basically Easter eggs they were literally very very secretive not many people knew about them. That was the, that was the draw and the allure of it. Now it feels like every game has to have an easter egg in it or a hidden item or a hidden room it's like it's part of the norm now but does it stop me watching youtube videos of people uh, looking for easter eggs no it doesn't <laughs> but yeah that's in a way that i think it's changed throughout the industry is like that kind of like hidden thing has become almost like a feature in every game now no and it's good fun but uh um, it's good fun the other thing with like it's a community is it's also brought me and my friends together as in, like, physical friends, not just online ones now. Nothing, nothing wrong with online ones, obviously. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, I get that as well. I get that as well. I mean, Absolutely. we wouldn't be even on the internet if it wasn't for your friends. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> I can definitely agree with that. We joined Ash's mate Nathan's first YouTube channel because we all enjoy video games. We all enjoyed YouTube. That we started our first YouTube channel, um, and then after we'd gone on to our own separate things. We still have like that gaming thing in the background as well. Definitely attest to that. Like it strengthens, it strengthens, it strengthens friendships. Sorry, yeah. I was saying it strengthens your bond. It does. It strengthens the bond. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, because I have my... and also you can bring more friends together as well. Like we've met um, via our Discord. That was about video games. So, so it's it works in many different levels. Oh, definitely. It's like because I have my friends over every weekend and we play through. Oh, actually, could you excuse me a moment? I think the doorbell's going. Alright, sorry about that. It's the Amazon bloke having to go up four, uh, sorry, three flights of stairs. When we get into Hannah's door, you have to put a keypad number in. It changes every hour on the hour. And then when you've done that bit, you have to avoid some swinging axes and then you can get into Hannah's room. Yes, I, I really shouldn't have hired the guy who did the Resident Evil architecture. <laughs> that was your first mistake. Carving <laughs> of armour. <laughs> As I was saying before, um, how to pick up the Amazon delivery. Um, so, you know, bringing my friends together, we experience gaming together. It's like we really love uh, playing the Resident Evil franchise together. It's, uh, I think we've gone through like all the original PS1 games and we're really enjoying the remakes. The remakes are good. Did one get remade? I can't remember if we've sort of or not. One got remade on the GameCube. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, I love that one. I think because obviously two and three got big. That's big the debate deal. at the minute. So, uh, Capcom put out recently, which would you rather see for the next one, Resident Evil Original or Code Veronica X? Code Veronica. I reckon they'll do one then the other. Yeah. If we get Code Veronica first, they'll do the other one next. I think they're planning on doing both. I think they're gauging which one people want to see first. I just think Code Veronica is the one that needs to remake more. Which one was Code Veronica based in? Did you say Raccoon City? I'm gonna... <laughs> no, no, it was... Um... It was set on an island with Claire. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, that uh, Steve bloke. Yeah. Is it Steve? He's a bit of a weirdo. Didn't like him. No. Bear and weirdo Steve. Got you. Yeah, weirdo Steve. And uh, they tried to force this like romance thing between the two, and I'm like, ugh, no, Claire. Oh, no, I hate that. I hate that. And they have like a forced romance uh, storyline. Yeah, no, Steve is a creep. Yeah, we're not here for the love, we're here for the brains. Yeah. I can't, (laughs) you know, I play Resident Evil because I want to see zombies and death. Do you mind? Mm-hmm. But would you like zombies and death, but with love? Yeah. Well, thanks, want? I hate it. Where do we want this? <laughs> Actually, it just reminds me of something her dad said once when he came in while we were playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. It was yeah. the scene between, I think it was Leon and Claire, when they're like, mm. oh, trying to think, they're both at like the gate, so they can't get to each yeah. other for a reason. Yeah. Uh, dad just walks in and he starts doing like the trailer voice with, uh, what was it, two attractive people with fierce mutual respect. <laughs> that was his only comment. I think we need more of Hannah's dad describing uh, video games in his trailer voice badly. Uh, he's <laughs> pretty good at video that. Game it is. I might ask him, although I doubt he would let me record him. Oh, a shame. That'd be great, though. So, yeah. what video game is Hannah describing this week? <laughs> Yeah, the apparently that's a summary of Resident Evil 2. Um, that's really cute, guys. Yeah, I remember, like I said, I think I mentioned this before in a previous podcast as well with video games. It's like, before like, the whole kind of friends thing, like being a communal thing with video games, no, I remember no, very vividly playing... Be this way. Okay. 
I, I, <laughs> you said friends. I remember playing V Rally with my friend, with my family. Sorry, so with my dad and my sister. Oh god. And um, that at awful. one point, I crashed into a wall and flipped over. And my dad used my overturned rally car as a ramp to then jump over a hazard. And it was the most, it was the craziest like stunt I'd seen in a video game at that point. And I was like, it was the best moment ever in my video game life up until that point. Oh, baby, you set the bar so low. I know. <laughs> I was very, very young at that point. I think I had a PS1 when I was like, I didn't get it in the 90s. I got it in the early noughties because mm-hmm. I was poor. So I think I would have been what, close to like 13, 14. When I got that, so I was still quite young. But yeah, I thought it was the most amazing thing I could possibly do in that game. Everyone's gone quiet now. It's like you have a conversation. It's because <laughs> rally and it caused death. <laughs> no one wants well, to play for you, rally. Long-term viewers will know, if you're tuning into a small button podcast, you'll get Hannah talking about Sonic at some point, and I'll talk about a racing game at some point as well. So, you know what? You get the best of both worlds. All right, Hannah Montana. Shut <laughs> um, yeah, by the way, don't you dare call me that. What, how yeah, no, I don't, 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 don't. I mean, you wouldn't like Montana Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I love Miley. She's everything I wanted to be. Okay. Um, yeah, we're back on track. Back to video games. <laughs> back to how gaming impacts us. <laughs> but yeah, so for me as well playing games with my friends like I, obviously I've gone through all the Sonic games all the Spyro games and all the games I love with my friends and uh, to me when I play through a game it's not just um, oh we're playing Sonic it's like a whole experience to me it's the whole kind of it's the story it's the immersion yep. um, it's kind of like can I get to the final boss can I beat him how's the story going to develop if you're playing with friends it's like um, how's my friend going to do that sort of thing Unless there's a shared life system. <laughs> then it's, you keep dying, why do you get all the lives? Because <laughs> <laughs> the internet got in the way. Well, it's an experience Which we shared together. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a shared experience. It strengthens your relationship together as well. And it's, it generates memories, I sound like a bloody mum. Um, but... <laughs> well, even when like sort of weird glitches and things happen, it sort of like generates a memory. Mm. It's like, um... like that little ball goes off and like inside out, like ah, a new memory has been created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I remember during one of the first playthroughs of um, the original Resident Evil game. I think we were doing the Chris playthrough, and it was, obviously you know the game's a fixed camera angle and all that. I don't know how we yeah. did it, but we had to go up a ladder. Not a ladder, sorry, it was like a little staircase. Grab an item, then come down from the staircase. But for some reason, Chris kept going down, even though he was already off the staircase. And he just kept so getting... So in the walking animation of going down the staircase? Um, yes, but he was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It was just... <laughs> Bye, <Right>, Chris! Okay. <laughs> so he was just walking down, continuously shrinking. And then he just died. <laughs> <laughs> and we just thought that was hilarious. Is that right? He's got the infinite stair glitch. <laughs> yeah, no idea how we did that, but it was bloody funny. How do we think we use video games nowadays? Uh, What's like the primary like reason to be playing video games nowadays? Um, adult life is hard. <laughs> Escapism, then. Yes. <laughs> Reality sucks. Let's immerse ourselves in something else for a few hours. Hmm. I guess it's similar, but uh, I'd say my position on playing games is a lot more positive as an adult. 
So, like, as a child, I said, I was playing games more or less for escapism to get away from being useless at everything, or at least that's how I perceived it. Mm. But as an adult, it's more of a uh, thing I'm passionate about, so I'm just interested in video games, like researching my favourite video game is a specialist subject. Um, but now I get to share my specialist subjects with other people, so it's become more of a communal thing for me. I like that bit too. Like, it's definitely something like I can play with my friends, that sort of thing. I prefer playing games on my own, like the actual story itself. But if it's a game that doesn't rely on story, like, I do like playing that with my friends. I do like strengthening relationships via video games. So for me now, it's more kind of like uh, something I do with my friends as well as on my own. Oh, I still um, play games by myself. Yeah. But I like the fact now that there are more games that are catered towards co-op. For instance, like It Takes Two and uh, A Way Out and... Um, oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? It's just gone out of my mind. Um, the one with the... Was it one with the Arctic Fox? Well, first one we played on the PS4. Oh, yeah, I know what you're on about. I can't remember the name of it, though. You play the, like an Inuit girl and the Arctic Something Fox. to the north or something, wasn't it? Something like that. That was another co-op game. Yeah. I mean, right. But yeah, the games that are being made for co-op, playing with ga- with friends, that sort of thing. Playing with games? So, with games, sorry. Well, we're all playing with gays here. <laughs> Hi! Um, What's that? You're straight. <laughs> sit with us. You can't, you can't game with us. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> yeah, no, like, there are things being catered to people. It can be catered to games. Hang on, I'll try to get with words. I'll just rewind that one. There are games now that are being catered to more. Thank you. There are games now that are being catered more to groups of people rather than just a single person. So you've got co-op games, you've got games like Jackbox, um, where it's like mm-hmm. you can play with multiple people at the same time. Obviously, there are other games as well, not just fire games like that. But yeah, for good or bad, that's kind of how it's developed. Whereas beforehand, in the in the old days, it was more couch co-op, which we love. Please bring that back. And it was just people in the same houses with each other before the internet over the game over the internet was a thing yeah no I, I can sort of um, see that um, but I'm trying to think what else to add to it but um, yeah it's just become a lot more sort of like a healthy hobby uh, for me anyway yeah yeah it's creative it's fun it's a good way to unwind it's a good way to unwind a good way to like kind of introspection yeah uh, and I don't like outside the graphics aren't good and currently <laughs> wet <laughs> oh draw distance is terrible sometimes it really is. The tutorial's way too long. <laughs> I wish I didn't set it to hard mode. <laughs> but yeah, I mentioned it earlier about uh, Psychonauts 2. So, yes, Psych- Psychonauts 2. Yeah, so Psychonauts, um, the basic premise of the game is you're psychic, you travel into people's minds, and all the levels are set inside people's minds. Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's an interesting concept, but... So in the second game, um, when you travel... It seems to feature a lot more sort of themes of sort of um, mental health, like anxiety and um, mm. past trauma and things like that. And it, but it explores it in a really approachable way. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I can definitely see that. I found it kind of um, helpful. It's not quite the word for it, but um, there were certain moments of the game that I found intense for me because I've had to deal with a lot of sort of problems with anxiety and depression and that kind of thing. But it was kind of nice to play through a game where I'm sort of helping the characters deal with this. Because you're not, like, mm. changing your minds. You're not forcing them to be anything else. You're just sort of helping them deal with their problems eternally. And it's kind of like mirroring your own kind of reaction to the, the depression and anxiety, for example. You kind of, like, you can role-play certain situations in the game that maybe you might be ruminating over in your head um, and it might be more of a positive way of kind of um, dealing with that sort of aspect to yourself. 
they're not doing that. And it's also a nice way of visualising things, like um, enemies in the game are things like uh, bad ideas, panic attacks. It's all quite clever. Hmm. Uh, it does seem like it's got like a, a very deep kind of like um, message behind it, that, a deep morality, that's what I'm probably looking for, behind it, uh, oh. rather than just, it's a game. Oh, definitely. Which a I mean, lot of like sequels tend to be. <laughs> it made me feel lots of things. I found it funny. I found it sad. Uh, I found it intense at points. I definitely think emotive games are very, very strong and powerful at the moment. If a game stays with you after you've played it, that is a big plus in my book. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was quite clever. One of the levels, which is um, essentially someone having a sensory overload, so the get uh, so the level is like sixty psychedelia. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, and I get it, it. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a good visual representation of um, sensory overload. And one, the most common enemy type in that one was panic attacks. So it's like, this, this level is so relatable. No. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Have you got anything else you want to add, Ash? To be honest, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yeah, so basically, yeah. like escapism, communal, uh, strengthening friendships, um, escape. I'm going to escapism. <laughs> escapism um, again. Escapism again. It's doubly important, guys. And then creative, uh, boosting your creativity and imagination, that sort of thing. Yeah, and as like I said, it's definitely and that under introspection. Mm. And introspection as well. That's a good thing. Yeah, I forgot about that bit. Definitely. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Um, I've only recently gotten into it, but I'm really enjoying live streaming as well. Oh yeah, we haven't mentioned this as well. Um, Hannah has recently started uh, Twitch. So if you are on Twitch and you'd like to see Hannah, I would say it's like to see Hannah in action. That seems a little bit too perverse. Um, <laughs> That's a different Hannah website. On the live screen, <laughs> that isn't sexual in any way. Um, then you can pop over to Twitch. Uh, she is Scooby Percent on Twitch. And when are you normally streaming? Have you got a schedule, or you just kind of like when as and when? Uh, currently, the schedule is Sundays. It's with me and Tom. He's also very funny. He's also very funny. Yeah. And uh, myself is on Thursdays. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And if you want to chat chat to us uh, off stream as well, uh, I also have the podcast. Me and Ash run a uh, Twitch and YouTube channel called Living with a Ghost. We stream normally on Thursdays and Sundays. It's thanks for the fart. Thank you, Ash. That's really perfect. Thank you. Modern agreed. We normally stream on those two days. It's been a bit kind of um, erratic recently because I've had a recent had an operation, but um, I'm recovering well. And we'll be back to that. Well, on we've got a new setup starting Monday, so I might be doing the Walking Dead on VR. That'd be cool. Yes. Very, very cool. Uh, so yeah, if you want to follow either of us on Twitch, please do that. Skin percent for Hannah. Living with the ghost of me and Ash. Uh, is there any other ways that they can follow you on any social medias, Hannah? Ah, uh, not currently. Okay. Do you want to say goodbye, everyone? <laughs> well, this has been the Small Button Podcast. I'm Hannah. I've been Finn. I'm Ash, formerly Denise. And until and next time. I did. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Bye guys. guys. Bye.